0: Spoiler alert, here's this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney.
1: I didn't make a note of this, but I'm so glad that we're starting here. You always make some really elaborate um, commitment for for your New Year's resolution. You, New Year's resolution harder than anyone I know. Uh, the folks will remember last year you did the dry quarter successfully. Coming back. You're doing it again? Run it back. Quarter again? Run it back 2022. Okay. So wait, wait a second. What the people didn't hear is that you also didn't have coffee today. So are you doing a dry quarter and you're off coffee?
0: No, no. I, I honestly, I want coffee, but I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to see if it affects something else, else health wise for me. Oh, so okay. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I tried to do. Today was day one with no coffee, and I'm like, oh man, coffee is so necessary. Yeah. It's such a thing that I just like treat myself to. It's like a guilt, guilt free. Pleasure for
1: me. Well, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't think it is guilt-free because we've talked about this before. You you actually like take stock of if you're drinking too much coffee, which to you is like two and a half cups a day. Like it's great <laughs> that you're good. conscious of these vices and like, and n- no coffee in general is not like great for you, but like you don't have a coffee problem, but you always seem to be on the verge of thinking you have a big coffee problem.
0: I'm in a constant state of double guessing um, what I might have. Yeah. Like double thinking. What's the the word I'm thinking of? Double guessing, I guess. Uh, second guessing. You should have had coffee today. Yeah. I should have had coffee. I'm always in a constant state of second guessing what might have given me diabetes. Oh, I understand (laughs) that. Yeah. And so part of it is like, like maybe I'll find that. Like my life will turn. It's not going to reverse diabetes clearly, right? Maybe I'll be like, "Oh, my homeostasis is clearly in a world of no coffee." This thing, yeah, it's it's like it's like doing a a slow roll food map diet.
1: You're gonna make yourself crazy trying to uh, deconstruct to like reverse engineer your chronic illness that you had no control I, I over.
0: I feel like it's just a part of it. Uh, but by and large, now I've kind of accepted coffee as like a, a, a vice yeah. that I need to just like give into. to.
1: Well, one of my oldest friends is a police officer, which means he works 12 hour shifts and yeah. half of them start at seven o'clock in the morning. Like uh, not to be stereotypical, but like cops drink coffee. Except until yeah. this year, until 2021, he had never let it touch his lips. And he's just kind of like one of those people. Like he doesn't take Advil either. And like, it's one of those things where it's like kind of impressive. It's like Howard Stern, not drinking coffee for 40 years of morning radio. And then deciding in his sixties, he's going to become a Starbucks person. But, but my, my, Uh my friend, Michael is the same. And then I'm not exactly sure what happened, but this past year he's like, no, I guess I like coffee. Nice. (laughs) I mean, you might as well like, uh,
0: I I don't understand. Colin was the same way. My my friend, Colin, who, like, until he had a kid, he was like, I'm going to wait to drink coffee until I really need it. And then he had a coffee. Then he had a kid. And he was like, I really
1: need this. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound like one of those toll-painted press boards in mother's kitchens that say things like, but first, coffee. But, like, there are are few enough true joys in this world that if you get a, a kick, so to speak, out of one large delicious cup of coffee in the morning don't deprive yourself of that no it's 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 a fair treat so it occurs to me if you do dry quarter for a second year in a row then it suddenly becomes this thing you do annually And are you going to make like a lifelong commitment to this practice i mean maybe i think it's a good
0: a good thing like it, like you might as well between the months of january to end of march yeah not have a drink because there's so many, there are so few things to actually celebrate. And if you're like me and I kind of focused on like, okay, after the Christmas break, I kind of want to like, like reestablish, you know, my sort of base, my, my, um, sharp thinking, my sort of, uh, productivity on the weekends. Yeah. Because most people like, and, and, and me too, for the most part, but like if, if people are going out to like have a drink, they'll like have a couple drinks, but if it's a weekend, I'll like have a couple drinks and it's like, well, we'll go home and I'll have like a couple more. Like, even if it's just me. Okay. So I'm like, I like to break that habit every year, or at least put a, put a pause into it.
1: I think that's totally fine. And like, even, and I, I, last year I stuck to the tea out of respect to you. I have a beer with me right now only uh-huh. because I didn't consider that you were uh that you were making this pledge, but it's it, okay. I, I'm not triggered. No, it would be so ridiculous if you were like, dude, I'm going to need you to pour that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of respect to me, can you prove And I'm not, not going to make a, a three month commitment, but um, I mean, I also came off Christmas break where, like, for 10 days straight, I had like two drinks a day. So, yeah. So that's like, it's, it's not a problem, but it's like, okay, I probably shouldn't let that continue. I should probably break it up right two
0: drinks a day i mean that's that's like pretty light
1: (laughs) no i know it is but i'm generally pretty light and this is over the holidays too there are probably a few days with more than with more than two how you doing how's your uh how's your week been i guess we're we're getting a snowstorm tomorrow it's going to be a big blizz
0: yeah tomorrow night i think into
1: it's unclear to me i think it's going to start in the morning and go exactly for the duration of my work day
0: oh okay um well that's Good to know. Um, no, it shouldn't really affect my life a whole lot besides maybe just like getting Jen in and out of the house. Yeah. But, but, uh, week's been okay, kind of slow. Holidays were okay, kind of slow. Mm. Just like seeing family, watched a bunch of TV. Okay. What are you watching? We finished the first two seasons of, uh, of, uh, first, First man, what's what's it called? Uh why can't I think of the name? I don't oh my know. god, coffee. You watched um, two seasons of it. I know, but very quickly. Um uh who's the, in it? Uh it's the friggin' one with uh it's the Apple TV show
1: for all mankind. Oh, I don't even know what that is.
0: Yeah, we watched the first episode. We did? Yeah, so it's it's like it's kinda like man in the high castle if if uh, the Russians were the first to land on the moon and it's you and I watched out. the
1: first episode of this?
0: We watched the first episode of it.
1: When? I have no memory of this at all.
0: Like last year. Some sometime within the last three hundred and sixty-five days, I oh, think. Oh
1: for all mankind.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's it's the dude um, I don't know. He's been in a like a bunch. Of, oh, he, I think he was in in uh, House of Cards. Okay, big dude who becomes like the new political candidate. Um, oh, uh,
1: yes. What's his name? Joel something maybe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. He's kind of, of kind actors. of smarmy. He was in Hana as well. He was in that show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I and mean, I think he's in Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah, he plays
0: he plays more of the kind of like hero of the whole
1: show. Kind of like the, the Buzz Aldrin kind of guy. Okay, gotcha. I, I guess you're liking it. Two seasons.
0: Yeah, we finished the first two seasons. Well, the reason we did that was because it was on Alan Sepinwall's list of like the top show of that like Rolling Stone list. He put For All Mankind as one of his top
1: ones. Do you feel though like, and I'm not discrediting the show, but like, does it seem to you like more than ever these lists are just polluted with hot takes this year? Like even Station Eleven to an extent, which like, may be getting some like after buzz, but like yeah. these shows that people love to put their stamp of approval on so that they can be the first to do so, and it almost feels a little bit like, I don't know, payola to me.
0: Yeah, interesting take. I, I, very possible. I, I feel like rather than necessarily payola they just if there's something that they liked but everyone else loved another show they might put that show that they just liked ahead of it being i mean like, well yeah. everyone liked like that one so
1: maybe this is the take that that's need to have. totally fair we don't need another person to bang the uh queen's gambit drum for example right yeah okay that's reasonable i'm not like binging anything right now we've been having like a really hard time like sinking our teeth into a new show so what are you doing in the evenings I guess you get back a little late. Yeah. Once it's nine o'clock, what do you do? Well, I mean, I haven't even been working, right? So like I I, I don't know, maybe we're like just enjoying each other's company or something. Play a little Nintendo. I've been okay. watching I've been rewatching season one of the newsroom because okay. with like a decade of retrospect on that show, it seems like the general consensus evolved from this show is entertaining, but it's not Sorkin's best to that show was hot trash. And I'd like to go back to the old way because it's it's not hot trash. It's actually really good. Um, no, first season was great. And maybe that's the difference as I'm still like watching the yeah. first season. Sure, it's a little sanctimonious, but the acting is so good and the language is so good. The only other thing is that like the world is so different and it it very quickly is a show that ages. And in fact, after the show went off the air, like American media got way more interesting for the lack of a better word so it's kind of already a relic but i'm, yeah. I'm enjoying like watching it again
0: the thing was it it, it would be really good as like a, a mini series almost but because they did the second season they had so much to work off of for that first season yeah it was like they had all of history to pull from and right. then the second season they had to go like okay where are we in the timeline and what things are we going to use and it ended up being like uh Occupy Wall Street is gonna yeah. be a big thing. Dev Patel is like, I've got a scoop.
1: <laughs> the first episode, the big news break, and when you realize they wait like uh, like an hour and five minutes to actually like give you uh, a time code for like where the show is taking place. The first episode, yeah. the big break is uh, Deepwater Horizon, and then that's when the show like becomes set in your world. And so that kind of right. is a cool establishment. And the other thing I like about that show is that um, between episodes like three and four, it might jump like eight months and not really tell you like you just kind of have to pick up while you're watching like oh I guess a lot of time has passed and these people have been co-workers for a long time now right I was thinking about the central theme of Aaron Sorkin's work which I think boils down to ethics like what is ethically right versus like what you're being guided to do that's certainly what a few good men is and then like so many of his great works are courtroom dramas but I think that's one of the reasons why uh, the Ricardos didn't work is that it's not about the law, first of all. And it wasn't a whole lot of morality. And around. there's there's no morality in it. It's it's so like Sorkin takes a lot of heat for like being kind of pious about like the way things should be. But when he doesn't do that, when he veers, I think the work is less good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a great point. I haven't seen any of his shows. I, don't, I haven't seen the 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 ricardo's one but um, but but yeah you're right all of his all of his good good stuff has that sort of central theme
1: we watched spencer the kristen stewart um uh diana movie yeah what'd you think i think it was a highly proficient film like it's a very well-made movie if it if it's not a lot of fun to watch
0: a lot of fun to watch. No, if, really? if okay. it's if
1: it's not a lot of fun to watch, which, oh, okay. which it's really not. Like it's 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 quite tortured. And I I watched The Crown, which you know ostensibly should be the same story, except it's really not. And so I was listening yeah. to a movie podcast talk about Spencer recently, and uh, the host said that uh, Spencer should have been made by Peter Morgan, who made The Crown, and I think that's such a ridiculous take because he already made The Queen, which is about Diana, and he made right. The Crown season four, which is about Diana. And so this is supposed to be a different angle. And stylistically, it really is. Like, uh, the the armchair take is that it almost feels like a horror movie. And it's hard to understand what that means until you've actually seen it. But it does. It's this, like, very haunting, suspenseful movie. It's also low-key a ghost story. And so, like, Anne Boleyn is in Spencer for some reason that actually works. I don't know. I I know that she's, like, a very... Intensely uh, chronicled person, but I get the I get the impression that perhaps none of this movie is literally true. It's just all spiritually true, if that makes sense. It's a painting, mm-hmm. not a photograph.
0: So we talked about how I watched like the first twenty minutes or half an hour or something. Right? No,
1: I didn't realize that. No.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we we, we turned it on one night and then we kind of just went like I don't know. It was like a half an hour into the sort of like sporadic jazz
1: background yeah you're right <laughs> the, then like, the sound is really interesting in it
0: yeah and and i might have no we, we were both just like
1: now this
0: let's pull a plug on this we can find something that's that's at least more entertaining for us yes along that line though but something that i would say i i was on the other side of was um power of
1: the dog yeah i still i still have that on my list it's great
0: yeah I, I i liked it like it it's not necessarily a barrel full of monkeys but it's like the whole time you're kind of trying to figure it out you're just kind of like watching this family and there's some like there's a lot of beauty with the the sort of uh landscape that they do it's supposed to take place in
1: montana but apparently they filmed it all in new zealand okay yeah um, yeah, yeah i heard that but it was cool i liked it i want to see that because it's definitely going to be in the awards conversation there's another big netflix movie that i'm i'm It's escaping me right now but like my list is starting to grow and then tomorrow on Amazon Prime uh the tender bar is coming out which I realize is like getting kind of harsh criticism but I don't know it looks like a sweet Ben Affleck uh coming of age movie like it looks so up my alley that I have to give it a chance yeah yeah I'm I'm in for it yeah I I saw the trailer I I was like I will enjoy watching this movie and apparently uh something we can't skip is Encanto which is the new uh, Disney plus movie. Apparently it rules. Really? Yeah.
0: And it just got dropped.
1: Yeah. It's, it's out. You can just watch it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay. I I saw a little chatter about it, but I didn't know if that was like a, a sort of like Luca adjacent style Pixar movie that I didn't know came out. Well, yeah.
1: And Luca is highly skippable, but I think that this one matters. And apparently the songs are really fabulous.
0: Okay, nice.
1: We were gonna put Encanto on uh, the other night, and instead, I don't know how we came to this decision, but instead, we watched Disney's Tarzan, which I haven't seen like ah. since I was a kid, <laughs> and it's so good. What's interesting good. about it, uh, animation-wise, is it's very clearly from a very brief era where they were actively blending digital anim- animation with like like hand drawn animation, like his moving through the trees. I found out after the fact it's like literally the motions of tony Hawk <laughs> and Whoa, so they really? just like digitized them and they used the the like the body language of tony Hawk which is so cool but like if you look at their faces you can see pencil marks and so they're using both of these kinds of technologies in a way that right. makes it look very individual no movie will ever look like this again
0: I remember them making a huge deal out of that movie but I was at an age where I probably should have appreciated it, and I just was like, I I don't really care about this movie, and I don't really feel like anyone in my, like, crew was like, Tarzan's my movie. Well,
1: you were probably, like, 12 or 13, so it probably felt like a kid movie when it came out. Maybe that was it. Um, It came out in, I think, 99, so even if you were, like, 10 or whatever, yeah, probably that's probably what happened, but... I don't know, I'm kind of rediscovering all these movies because they're so at the ready. And and many of them are just like objectively great because they're from the renaissance of like the greatest animation studio of all time. Um, And then what you won't need reminding of is that the Phil Collins soundtrack is so baller in Tarzan.
0: It's the first thing I think of when someone says Tarzan, I was going to say like, did you listen to all the Phil Collins soundtrack throughout the whole thing?
1: Well, what I didn't realize is how heavily involved he was like right from the get-go. So his lyrics are like woven into the script of the movie. And so like, they're quoting the songs in the movie and you're like, oh, he was he was in from the ground level, clearly. And wow, it's very true that he probably didn't have to go as hard writing those Tarzan songs as he did, but he was like, no, I'm, I think I got this covered. And he, I mean, he wrote some have, of the best ever. We might've talked
0: about this like a year ago when I first watched this movie, but I, I Watched The Emperor's New Groove last right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a whole tie-in about Sting having a song and, like, also wanting a lot of creative. And the whole thing, it, like, threw the whole thing off. I, th- I feel like he was trying to be the Phil Collins. Yeah. But it just didn't work. Like, I don't think the song even ended up in the movie. I think they both had to, like, part ways amicably.
1: Well, and the other big example of that, of course, is Elton John in The Lion King, which actually comes before Tarzan, But Phil Collins did not, like, copy... He did not try to phone it in so he could get, like, an easy Oscar or something. He clearly came to play.
0: Yeah, Elton John was the first... uh, It was, like, post-Aladdin, I guess, where they were like, hey, rather than, like, getting...
1: Alan Menken. Rather than Alan Menken writing all of our songs and getting, like, four EGOTs, let's get pop stars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Or at least let's get pop stars to sing them.
1: And now they get... Lin Manuel, who did all the music for Encanto. Oh, cool! Yeah,
0: and did the soundtrack kind of rule there?
1: I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm hearing that the oh, mu- yeah. that the the music is really good, and that could be his Oscar theoretically. I'm not sure like what other songs will be in the in the running for for awards. Interestingly, the Golden Globes are this weekend, but they won't be televised. Why? Do you What's remember? Do you remember that NBC uh, is boycotting the Golden Globes because they're racist?
0: Oh, wow. I don't yeah. even know who's nominated for Golden Globes at this point. Yeah, it
1: doesn't matter. They're going to die. They're not doing well, Cecil B. DeMille this year. Like The whole thing is just kind of like... It's lost all of its helium.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And then Oscar noms should be out within the next month or so?
1: Yeah, probably less. Probably two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the Grammys are moving. They're delayed because of Omicron. That's like all the big award show news. But like we're... We're letting the pandemic yet again kind of squeeze on our awards season. Totally. Uh, Apparently,
0: they're also, because the Super Bowl was supposed to be held in LA and still is supposed to be held in LA, but they're looking at contingency places to hold it, which I'm like, apparently they're thinking about doing it in Dallas, which is just the, the biggest example of, well, let's just put it in a place where people don't care about COVID.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's true. And also just because they have the, the resources there like obviously that's a big football city
0: oh yeah yeah of which there are like like hundreds
1: of across the, the state who's in the super bowl is it is it down to two yet
0: no no the playoffs are starting
1: like next weekend gotcha
0: and if that seems like it's a little longer Unusual. it's because they added an
1: extra week onto the regular season schedule. I would never have picked up on something like that. <laughs> never, ever. Hey, you know what I watched that I, I could have told you about last time we talked? Um, me and my family watched the most recent uh, Nate Bargatze special on Christmas Day. Oh, nice. We were like looking for something to watch and I think we decided we didn't wanna watch like a whole movie and so Ross was like, pull up Nate Bargetsy because it's like pretty clean. And yep. so we watched, I had watched the Tennessee Kid, but I didn't watch the new one. It was was really funny. We had a nice time. Yeah,
0: it's a a great watch. He's he's become a guy that I'm, like, really excited about.
1: Yeah, and maybe he's, like, hasn't hit his peak yet. He was on this night Show last night, and he was, like, very funny and charming. Cool. Yeah, I would say he hasn't. No. I hope he hasn't. An interesting thing is happening at, at 30 Rockefeller because, obviously, before Christmas, they in their words, sent the cast and crew home and they put on that weird little skeleton show. Yeah. And then we've since come back to like full audiences at Jimmy Fallon. And he opens the new year by saying that he tested positive for COVID just before Christmas and he was supposed to do a bit in the Paul Rudd episode of SNL. And he obviously couldn't and they had to isolate him and then uh, his daughters had COVID too. Um and so suddenly I start to wonder, like, is it that they just wanted to be careful and that's why they sent everyone home at SNL? Or is it that too many people got COVID? Because it's clearly in the building. Now Seth Meyers is out with COVID. Seth Meyers has it too. Yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. That, that is a really
0: interesting thing. Omicron is really, uh, like Bill Simmons the other day was like, by the way, I have Omicron. Oh, no way. Yeah. His wife had it. He mentioned it on like a podcast on... Friday or maybe it was Monday and then literally the next day it was like hey no I said I had uh, my wife tested positive and she was staying out of the house and we were testing negative well now we all tested positive too.
1: I feel absolutely both ways about it I know some people are getting tired of what feels like a very cynical opinion which is well we're all going to get it at some point I absolutely intend not to get COVID but there's also like a realistic part of me that is like trying to uh, Rationalize the likelihood so that if it happens, I don't like spiral into some kind of panic state. Because intellectually, I will be fine. I'm almost triple vaxed on Tuesday. Um, right. I'm like young and healthy. It's it. It's this. It, I don't want to say it's an inevitability, but there's another part of me that's like, well, I mean, look around you. <laughs> right. Tuesday, you got in on the 11th. Yeah, I lucked out.
0: Uh, we had an appointment for the 17th. Here's the thing though. I saw this thing saying that, uh, it was like a Halifax noise thing where they said, we, uh, we are strongly suggesting that people under the age of 30 get Pfizer.
1: Okay. I mean, they're not eligible yet for boosters. No. So maybe it wasn't,
0: maybe it was just talking about the, the actual, um, actual vaccine
1: yeah but they were saying that there's like
0: a a a higher increase in myocarditis risk which is like a heart a straight up like heart swelling
1: right well not a minor thing (laughs) i i know but i wish they'd be like careful with with their big words with their like really urgent language because this is Mm -hmm. what gets used against them when people want to make the point that like they don't know what they're talking about i'm not saying they don't know what they're talking about but like we're constantly being like towed in all these different directions and it's really hard to continue being someone who just wants to do what he's told to do when there's so much conflict among those instructions and now more than ever right
0: yeah and that's things coming from the same people like i'm not like i want to listen to the science i'm like i'm listening to the same scientist yeah i'm trying to listen to the same doctor here
1: uh this person's not a scientist but uh, i do uh trust his wisdom my dad was telling me this really interesting thing that he had heard so this is like third hand information take it with a grain of salt but it's a really good way to visualize the difference between omicron and delta and so like essentially uh the delta variant uh came in like through your your nasal or your oral cavities and got all the way down into your lungs and that's how people got really sick because the virus was like down there in your lungs Omicron when they say that it's not as severe and I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see me What that kind of means is that it doesn't have the physical weight to make it down to your lungs. So instead, Omicron enters your body through your nasal or your oral cavities, and it just kind of stays there. And so the virus is in your head, which is why it's more contagious. Every time you breathe or you speak or you raise your voice, it's right there at the ready to fly out at other people and be caught. but because it's not strong enough, it can't go all the way down into your system and make you even sicker than it might have. And so I I, I don't know if that's exactly like scientifically true, but like I found that to be a really helpful and frankly comforting way of visualizing this this new variant. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know, science corner <laughs> <Yeah>. with sweets. <laughs> science also with big air quotes, of course. Right. Betty White Hi. died. She's dead. <laughs> I feel like we were low
0: key cut. We, we must've mentioned this day uh, at least 10 times on the podcast.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I don't know.
0: Go ahead. And just in relation to people being like, Oh my God, what's good. Like we lost another one. Oh, what like protect Betty stuff. white. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we're, we're like, She's she's like almost 100. Man.
1: Well, and people had started to talk about Betty White's uh, nearing 100th birthday. And to say nothing of like People Magazine literally putting on their the cover of their issue, Betty White turns 100, which is hilarious, frankly. Um, oh, really? Like they were forced into a frenzied reprint over the holiday break because Betty White died 17 days short of her 100th birthday is like, in a way, kind of a great troll on her part. Um, so did anyone
0: could anyone pick up that, that magazine like there are people at home probably it's probably movie. out there
1: I'm guessing and it's got like interviews with her like asking her what it feels like to be a hundred <laughs> yeah I heard a really interesting take on Twitter and I just found this to be kind of sweet it's meaningless but it's kind of sweet uh, that though she died 17 days short of her 100th birthday she actually lived through 24 leap years so uh, she did live a hundred regular years
0: oh interesting wow wait a second but that's just 24 extra days isn't it
1: yep 24 but she only needed 17 extra days
0: oh yes okay gotcha right. i was like that wasn't 365 days no yes 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 yeah. so she did mm-hmm. in a way she did it i would have released it with a with a little um parentheses
1: well to say she's dead at 99 is ridiculous <laughs> she was it- three hundred and forty eight days and ninety nine years that's a hundred right. years that's a big old century and yeah. i watched a bunch of her <laughs> i watched a bunch of her talk show clips and she was she was great what a sweetie Give her that. Though. so we haven't we've talked a lot about jeopardy obviously in the last year or so we haven't talked a lot about amy schneider who is now the current champion right. um what's exquisite about about uh this era of jeopardy and and maybe this is a gift that alex is giving us from beyond is the number of champions we're getting like in such a tight little period. The only Mm. downside is that you remember Matt Amodio, who's a a top four contestant of all time, will now have to compete in the same tournament of champions as Amy Schneider, who is now also a top four contestant of all time. So the top four like regular gameplay winning champions are Ken Jennings, James Holzhauer, and then these two people who both played in the last six months. It's the
0: weirdest thing. After the most recent, like, biggest tournament ever.
1: Well, that's right. James wasn't even that long ago. Couple right. years. Mm. So the Crazy. shitty thing about Amy Schneider is that she she's at $900,000 so far, and she's still in it. She was robbed at gunpoint the other day. No way. Yeah.
0: I wonder if it was uh, Mike Richards.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe he has a history of bad behavior. In a real troll. <laughs> anyway, I'm a big fan of Mike of, of uh, not Mike Richards of, of Amy Schneider. I hope she goes even further. Um, did you hear about who is going to be one of the leads of White Lotus season two?
0: Yeah, Michael Imperioli.
1: And I wonder, is he like the lead lead, or is he just one of an ensemble? Because that's what was great about that show is there was no one lead.
0: It's a good question. He, I feel, could do a lot more. Than he's done I, th- I think people think he's like great but just hasn't been in a whole lot of things so I'm happy that Mike White's uh, doing something and do we know do we have any idea on premise is it going to be at the same like white Lotus
1: no it's it's gonna be at the White Lotus Italy so it's ah. they have an Italian uh branch and it's going to be set oh. there which I love it's a great exa- yeah. it's a great excuse just to like always set the show in a beautiful location but it can be different every time. Yeah. If you had to pick one cast member from the first season to return for season two, which character do you want to see brought back into the ensemble? Because there's a poll that has a very decisive number one, which you can probably guess who they picked. But I actually think it's a bad choice.
0: Yeah, I feel like... Did they pick like Jennifer Coolidge?
1: Correct. Yes, because she yeah. was she was wonderful in it, but she was so loud, and for that reason, she was memorable. But that character's done, and I yeah. I think uh, Plop's wife, Alexandra Daddario. I think that sh- there's more story to tell with her. I think she's the best person to bring back.
0: You're totally right because she's kind of the most like uh, uh, she's like a writer, yeah. Right, so she could be on her like her she's divorced plop she's gone to italy and wants to kind of like start a new thing
1: she doesn't divorce plop in the end of the series it's not to say that she will eventually that's i mean that's not built to last but like that is how her character was left off is she actually took him back
0: i like to think in the subsequent time she bails
1: or maybe like maybe one of the one of the kids except why would they be there by themselves like maybe sydney sweeney is like on some kind of exchange or something. And so she's by herself over there, except what made her good was the way she played off her, her pal. Man, what a fun show. The saddest thing of all was
0: I was, my first thought was, Oh, Armand. And then I realized Armand.
1: I remember thinking that when the show was on, like, gee, if they do a season two, I hope, I hope this guy comes back.
0: Yeah.
1: It kind of seems like
0: a waste of a guy to kill off, but do we know what he's doing now? He must be doing some other
1: stuff. No idea. Nope. I'm sure he's got carte
0: blanche
1: i think so i like to think so josh hartnett is cast in uh yeah josh hartnett is cast nah, in my face and christopher me, nolan's me. oppenheimer they're just gonna like pump this movie full of people most of them you'd be like this makes sense and then also josh hartnett unibrow I mean, josh and all hartnett.
0: wow never truly became an a-lister
1: oh i think he did for a time but it's a it's yeah. quite distant behind us now like black hawk down lucky
0: number Eleven.
1: Yeah, was he also in um, Pearl Harbor? And then, like, also a string of... I think he was in Pearl Harbor. And and also a string of, like, like teen movies and just, like, being a young heartthrob. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was never as talented as, like, Tom Holland, but, I like, I think he was the Tom Holland of, like, 23 years ago. I think the issue was he was kind
0: of prevalent, like, shortly after matt damon and he just didn't quite have the same
1: oh like, no he does not have the movie star no. charisma He's, he does <laughs> yeah. not have any of the any of the the qualifications of a matt damon
0: what was that movie where he had uh like a bunch of different girlfriends
1: i don't know was he the guy from the girl next door with alicia cuthbert was he in that
0: no, I don't think so. Oh no, he was in the
1: other one. It was like it was the sex comedy era. He was in the one yeah. with, with the with the, the dare where he was like, I can be celibate for yes. forty days and forty Absolutely. nights. Yes. Forty days and forty nights. Yes. yes. yes that's what I they wouldn't make these movies anymore. <laughs> I don't think they would. <laughs> no. And we're fine, by the way. We're we're okay without them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no complaints from us. Uh
1: we're now living in the era of replace army hammer in our thing. Um, Will Arnett going to take over his role in Taika Waititi's soccer movie Next Goal Wins Interesting A lot of pieces in that I'm I'm into Like really, really all the elements of that sentence Excite me Yeah. Uh, and one of them being Will Arnett Being like an on-screen movie star again Which I think he could do Yeah he hasn't really done this since like Blades of Glory like, Yeah probably yeah. not Well and he's obviously been a very successful voice actor He's not like yes. been hard for paychecks Or anything he's not sleeping No or He's not yet yeah.
0: Uh, what about um, him in uh, Hot Rod as as the douchey boyfriend to Isla Fisher?
1: Yep, absolutely. I've often in rewatched his, his episode of Parks and Rec before he and Amy Poehler actually split up where he plays like a really shitty blind date that she's on where he's yeah. like, uh, he's an MRI technician or something and she's like, I've never had an MRI. And he's like, what? And then they, it's like nighttime and they're <laughs> at the office so he can give her a free MRI and he's treating her like, he's talking to her like he's giving her this great favor yeah uh nice uh don't look up has broken netflix's uh weekly viewing record i mean every time they have a big like talked about thing it's the biggest thing ever on netflix i don't understand but i guess 152 million hours spent watching don't look up since it came out that's a lot of hours watching don't like a- i think that movie's not going to go away like i think that you and i had a conversation about it which was a little dismissive and i stand by what we said by the way and my yeah. brother hated it even more than than we did and, and he's not alone like a lot of people think this movie is not awesome uh um, right and I, by the way i didn't think it was like bad bad but i didn't think it was awesome and for some reason it feels like this movie is going to be around for a while
0: yeah I to- i totally agree it's not like it wasn't bad bad enough to like go away. Like the cast is too stacked. The cast see, is stacked. Yeah. Even if you just see Leo as a lead in something, you go like, Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it.
1: And also Kate Blanchett, who was True. like low key really great in it, and she's also hedging her bets because she's in Nightmare Alley, so she's like she definitely wants a nom this year. Well
0: and and in Nightmare Alley, like she's playing like the classic Kate Blanchett, like Kate Blanchett in the forties wearing a gown. Yeah, with like with like a
1: cigarette and a plastic stick and she's a vixen. Yes. Yeah.
0: Do people recognize that this is like a serious a trope I don't of hers? Say crutch for her? But it's like, hey, if we need a, a blonde girl in a or a blonde woman in like a a sixties to forties movie, let's put her in
1: it. Well, except for that, she's not the first person to be like a reliable period actress. Like, uh, Kira Knightley is younger than her, but like, she's just more believable in stuff said in the past than she is in the future. There's uh, a test that I like to use, which um, I think I've told you about before, is uh, does this person have a face that knows about texting? And so like, there are there are certain actresses, it is a little bit more often with actresses than actors, I'm not sure why that is, but... It does apply uh, universally. If you look at, um, let's say, uh, oh, um, actually, I think Emma Stone is kind of one of those people. Like you look at her, and like you know what texting is. You know, like I don't, yeah. think, I don't think I buy I you like in Little Women.
0: You can see her texting.
1: Yeah, but Saoirse Ronan, totally passable, and definitely Kate Blanchett. She has this like timeless quality about her.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you seen Nightmare Alley yet? I, I want to see it.
1: No, I don't really know anything about it. Just that it's kind of eerie, a Guillermo del Toro joint. But I'm here for the return of Bradley Cooper because it's been a while. It has been a while.
0: What's he been up to?
1: I know he's a little bit in Licorice Pizza, which is like, I think at the top of my want to see list. Yeah, me too. And it is in our local theaters, by the way. I wasn't sure if it was. It is, is, but I'm not going to the theater right now. And if I was going to go to the theater, I'd go to Spider-Man. So like even though I want to see Licorice Pizza, maybe more than anything, I think it's important that I see Spider-Man as soon as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not really going to theaters at all for all the reasons that we discussed. And so I think I'm just going to have to wait. And PTA does not want to stream his movies. He's just like avidly against that. He, he's another one of these great directors who wants us to die for his art. Yeah. <laughs> Except not die because it doesn't go to your lungs or something.
0: Although he, <laughs> Although he's like... He's one of those directors that doesn't really seem pretentious when he's talking to people. Like I've noticed that. A, I don't know if like the, if that's
1: yeah. been like a ringer talking point this year, but I've heard it said a bunch of times that he like really liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it just just seems like like he does say that he wants things in in theaters and people are like, "Well, is that harder?" And he's like, "I mean, it kind of is, it kind of like he's not like I don't care what it takes."
1: <laughs> it yeah. Must be seen. Yeah. Yeah, he's not like he's not beating his chest and being like, "That's not cinema." No, except yeah, and you're he does, right.
0: yeah, and he's he doesn't have like controversial takes, so he, like hot takes, just for the sake of having hot takes. Like he'll, uh, he, yeah, he's, he seems like a fun,
1: fun guy to talk. To. Well, that's right. He's not he's not being rude. He's not discrediting his peers' work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which by the way would like really sting from someone like him because he does make some of the best movies of his generation.
0: Totally. And I feel like there's probably a lot of crossover too with like Maya Rudolph being
1: his wife. Yeah, I feel like she wouldn't have any patience for if he was like a pretentious snob. Yeah.
0: And even just in the sense that like she might be closer to some of those people than
1: he might be. Although there is the famous story of uh, when Fiona Apple dated him and she went with him over to Quentin Tarantino's house and they were both just like high on cocaine and being like really right. film broy. But this was yeah. years ago. That was like 20 years yeah. ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, you really, if you're dating Fiona Apple, I, I feel like you really got to know where to take her. <laughs> Going to Quentin Tarantino's house. Uh, I guess. So I'm, be-
1: I'm dating Fiona Apple and I have to take the high road? Yeah, basically. Yeah, give me a break. If you get invited to Quentin Tarantino's house, you got to decline. Uh, I'm out on uh, on uh, updates. you want to talk about shows? Sure, let's do it.
0: So. Oh, have we talked much about... Uh show is coming up in 2022. We didn't really do it on the last episode. I, I, feel I mean, like I prepared
1: I prepared a whole list and I read it to you. You did read that whole yeah. list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, think, might, I, I might like have missed little... something,
1: though. There's probably some that I left off.
0: I just took some quick notes before jumping into this. So you tell me what you think. Okay. Um, so, Orville Horizons.
1: Okay, is this a spinoff? No, it's... it's. Uh, I guess it's
0: just what they're calling the... Th- third season of the orville which hasn't had an episode recorded since like april 2019 so i guess big orville heads are standing up
1: now to be fair the list that i gave you last week was only new pilots and so if you want to talk about shows that like we're excited to see make a return yeah let's have that conversation
0: lord of the rings we did talk about but it's coming out in september did you know that
1: yeah i figured it was in in q4
0: yeah um she Miss Marvel, Moon Knight starring Oscar Isaac, you mentioned that. Boys season three.
1: Yeah, I don't like That's the boys. The... Yeah, I'm
0: not super pumped about it, but it's always just something to watch. People get
1: really it. amped about the boys, and I can't tell if everybody gets it or not. If they're getting that it's like not celebrating not violence.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Umbrella Academy season three. Yeah, you were into that show.
1: That's one that I'm
0: probably more pumped about than the boys.
1: Okay. I feel like having seen very little of both of them, Umbrella Academy had like so much more individual personality, and yeah. it doesn't get even a fraction of the amount of shine. No, it's
0: it's got more of a cult following, yeah. which is also kind of cool. Sure,
1: as long as it's doing okay, which I think it does. Yeah,
0: yeah. And other than that, just Stranger Things knows her.
1: Oh, I mean, Stranger Things four will be that'll be a big event. I'm like, I don't know. Some people are kind of over it. I'm. I love those kids. And I, I am really excited to see like what they look like now. Cause it's been so long. Like I remember yeah. that, that whole finale with, with Hopper's thing. And like, I, I yeah. really got to know, I mean, they've already kind of given some stuff away in trailers, which by the way, that was three years ago. Um, but I freaking love that show and I can't wait for it to come back.
0: I can't believe we haven't explored Hopper's thing since that happened. Like there's, it feels like that was such a big shocker at that point. And I'm like, oh, there hasn't been a, a season in between.
1: No, no, but there was a trailer like more than two years ago. And it was just a teaser. And he's like working on a chain gang in Russia. And so they, right. they, they're they happy right. to spoil for you that like, no, he's back. Right. He's not dead. No. Just working on a chain gang. Okay,
0: sure. We can go into shows now. I just wanted to make sure we cross that off.
1: I don't remember whose turn it is to pick. Um, but i can let you pick if you like just cuz i know that it's probably been a little while since you saw the yellow jacket's pilot mm. but you can still do that one if you want
0: i actually yeah no
1: i'll go with i'll go with summer Cringe. okay do you want to go first
0: it'll be easier for me to get through that i think yeah. um yeah i'll go first why not
1: Okay, uh, you're going to recap the the pilot of... We haven't very often gotten the chance to do like CBC original shows on the on the podcast, but I was psyched to right. see this one. It's kind of Canadian quasi-local content. Canadian content. I like Mike uh, Rich a lot.
0: People at the radio station must be talking about this one a little bit.
1: They might be if, if they're talking to each other, they're not talking to me because I kind of like huddle away even more than usual. I'm like gotcha. really right. quite sequestered at work these days, but for sure, like it wouldn't surprise me if, if Mark like went on... The morning show at some point yeah right that would make sense yeah okay you recap the pilot episode of son of a critch in three two one go
0: mark lives in Newfoundland he's just about to go to junior high his first day is going to be across town he's really nervous because he doesn't really have many friends he lives with his uh, his family and his grandfather is basically his closest roommate he likes uh, a very comfortable shoe (laughs) <laughs> uh, and he he basically gets uh gets bullied very quickly, uh, makes a friend, kind of fights off another bully, acts cool, teases the bully, bully gets back at him, and he ends up being kind of a loser in the end, but having one friend.
1: Right. The conceit is that he has never really properly been a kid. He's just like this old man trapped in a little kid's body, and he's new in school, and he doesn't even really realize that many of the many of his quirks set him apart from everybody else, although. He is keenly aware that going to this school is exposing him to ridicule and violence. Yes.
0: Yeah. You know, even his mom's like, You might be strange and he was like, I might be strange.
1: <laughs> this is a pep talk?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, um Go ahead. Love Love the fact that uh, Mark Critch plays his father working at VOCM, which is the radio station that happens to be like right next door. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea that, that was going to be it.
1: Works at the radio station right next door. He's like the newsman. And the first time we see him, he's reporting on a car accident involving a moose. And yeah. later in the episode, they're having family dinner. And they even reference that they're eating moose. And I didn't put it together yeah. until Mark picks something out of his mouth. This is the dad picks something out of his mouth. And he goes, oh, got a little piece of windshield here. And it just struck me as so funny that the radio newsman should get to take the moose home. (laughs) Yes, take the moose home.
0: I love that he also said, two men are dead, one seriously.
1: (laughs) Hysterical. And like, I don't know if if it was just like, he's the closest in age to play the dad or if in fact, Mark Critch's dad is like, was old to be his father. I didn't read the book, Son of a Critch, but it is like- acknowledged by the bully girl Fox on the bus. She's like, is that your dad? Why is he so old? And I don't know if that's just like the show acknowledging that like, it's weird for Mark Critch to play the father of this like 10 year old, but we're not going to worry about that right now.
0: Right. And I even found like, I was like, isn't Mark Critch older than being a kid in 1986? But I guess he's not.
1: Is that what it is? 1986? I wasn't even sure. I wasn't sure where they were trying to place it. Um, And then notably, friggin malcolm mcdowell plays the grandfather yeah what a get it's a, a huge get i'm not really sure why like not I, I loved the show i thought it was really good but like i'm not really sure why malcolm mcdowell would do a cbc show <laughs> and i'm sure that's yeah. a boring question to them but like it's from a clockwork orange to son of a critch it's a an interesting path yeah he's all over the place
0: uh what else has he been in by the way besides the ocd
1: you say, but, did you say besides the OC? Yeah. Well, I just... Okay. I just said um, A Clockwork Orange. So, like, like he goes, yes. like, way back, right? I, I like, seen that. And I yeah. don't know, actually, but he's, like, one of these... I guess he's a character actor. I think he was in Lost for a time, and our generation I, would I know him from... I Gen. Yeah, I, too, I, th- I, was I like, think he I was. Lost or... But he wasn't Charles Whitmore, who was, like, the other white-haired, like, cranky old man. That was another guy. Oh, that might be who I'm thinking of. He... Malcolm McDowell, I think he was in Star Wars, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was uh, Chancellor Valorum in the prequels. But these are all, like, very pedestrian answers to your question. Yeah. I think there are some answers from, like, 70s movie culture that, like, people who know what they know would really love to scream from the rooftops. Like, he's kind of a legend. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I love that he was in
0: I, I saw that there was, like, a head of UK... Um, Casting. Casting? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it made me wonder, is the, is the boy in it, like, British? I don't know, because I, I wasn't totally sold on his Newfoundlander accent. Yeah. Some of I them think, were great. Like, the the principal, when he goes to see, like, the disciplinarian at the end of the episode, his accent uh, he, was strong. Perfect. I loved it.
0: He was, like, a guy from Newfoundland. He was definitely, like, a long, long-term actor in Newfoundland.
1: Yeah. He, like his number came in he's like this is my job i hope he's yeah. in it again because he had like it was a real heat check Like it was a short a little appearance but he was hilarious in it
0: he killed it he absolutely, absolutely embodied newfoundland in one scene
1: so it's like it's exactly what you want from this kind of show it's basically the wonder years but with mm-hmm. newfoundland yeah. Um, yeah and it's really sweet and i thought the writing was really tight um, I thought the narration in particular, because it's also Mark Rich like narrating on his own behalf, um, yeah. when he refers to the three bully siblings as copper-headed thugs, I thought that yeah. was hilarious language. Um, one of them had a mustache that reminded me of the fuzz on a kiwi. It was just really, yeah. really good writing. Yeah. I,
0: I loved when the kid said, yeah, you know, I have asthma, so I don't run a lot. But I always <laughs> like to say, I don't have... <laughs>
1: I have asthma, but asthma doesn't have me. <laughs> uh what's wrong with your shoes? They're orthotics. I didn't think I'd need orthotics.
0: More of a stroller.
1: <laughs> I also really enjoyed um the gym class scene because we like we all remember parachute. That was like always a great day in gym class. Yeah. Um but the the coach is like he's talking about parachute based sports. <laughs> <laughs> of which yeah. of which there are none <laughs> no but he's taking it so seriously and like immediately singles out uh mark and his new friend richie who's like the other like new kid who's also kind of nerdy and i guess the two of them are going to be best pals
0: yeah yeah eating spicy food i liked it i give my ass
1: i absolutely give him my ass oh another thing i thought was funny uh is when he gets on the bus and he like tries to fleece the bus driver to like look out for him <laughs> yeah protect me yeah <laughs>
0: I um I I will say it was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting as much as I got, and I realized like Alan uh, Alan
1: Doyle. Hawk, what's his name? Alan Hocko was the producer. You're right, right. Alan Hocko is the producer,
0: but but uh, and he was in that other Newfoundland show.
1: Yes, but, I don't remember what Al- it's called. Alan Doyle did the music. Alan Doyle did the theme song. There's a really sweet uh, video on Mark Critch's Instagram this week of Alan Doyle playing him the song for the first time and it's like very theme songy it's very wonder yearsy um and i would recommend you go check that out i don't actually think we got to hear the lyrics of the theme song in this first episode unless the stream i was watching was just like different or something but um it's a sweet song i did hear it
0: i like that they also incorporated some 80s music they had a little russian in there some needle drops
1: Poison, yeah, but I don't think that can be sustained. I hope it is, but I don't think they'll. They had Dean Martin. It. They had, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ain't that a kick in the head? And there was a song, there was like a little scoring that was clearly made to sound like Jesse's girl, but it wasn't Jesse's girl. But like, it's still, yeah, there was a, a bit of that, some poison yeah. songs in there too. Yeah, right. Absolutely give it my ass. I, I, I'm gonna watch cool. it again. Sweet. So I'll recap the first episode of Yellow Jackets, which I watched uh monday night or tuesday night i've only seen the one so i shouldn't i shouldn't have a problem uh confusing what happened although it is one of these two timeline shows so i'm gonna struggle to to get everything in. yes yeah. it's, it does make it a little more difficult
0: and that's why i didn't want to do it and also because i'm like nine episodes deep at this point okay, okay. Right. so we're gonna recap in three two
1: one so the main timeline is set in the 90s it's about this uh high school girls soccer team uh who are going away for like a big tournament um the other timeline is present day and it's many of these girls grown up and they're like 40 now and clearly they have some darkness in their past and in particular this one girl i think her name is shauna melanie linsky is like uh really sad and she's got reporters offering her book deals and stuff um and then uh in the end there's a plane crash <laughs> um and this pilot uh apparently is uh my time is run up uh, this pilot is clearly a setup for an all-girls Lord of the Flies, because there's also a a third timeline, which actually opens the series, uh, which is set, I guess, on their uh, their desolate location, and cannibalism is happening. the The series opens on a, a a young woman who's petrified and she's running through the woods, clearly being chased by something, and then she falls. Down and I thought she fell uh, into some ice because it's snowy. I thought she fell into some ice, which I may have mentioned to you before, is like the scariest thing in the world for me. I can't handle. Um, I fell through ice stuff. Uh, it wasn't that though. She fell into a mouse trap essentially and was impaled by impaled by many spikes. And then later in the episode, she is seen strung up uh, and filleted, and uh, she is being cooked and one of the people cooking her removes their mask and reveals themselves to be Misty, who is like the water girl on the soccer team, like the girl with the big glasses who hangs out and is kind of an outcast and is played by Christina Ricci, um, a long-term care health professional in the future timeline, wherein she's also a sociopath. And so clearly a lot of scary shit is going to revolve around Misty, but also these other girls um maybe also get involved in the in the eating of people you've seen nine of these yes
0: i think it's it's ultimately going to be a show where it introduces so like almost lost style where it introduces so many questions that you know oh, yeah. you'll be in like season three being like wait what happened with that thing again is that something that we're going to address which I would be more pumped about it if it wasn't on Showtime. Or I know. I would be more pumped about it if they just decided on one season of it.
1: And they're not. They've already been renewed for a second season. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. that my default now is to assume all shows are one season until I hear otherwise. I know. And that's what I want it to be. Yeah. Me too. In most cases. Yeah. So my problem here is that, I mean, obviously they're, they're not lying in terms of tone because they tell you right off the bat, like, this is going to be a supremely brutal show. Um, but then they trick you and they flash back to the 90s and it's like smashing pumpkins, and it's yeah. these like sassy kids and they're like they're sneaking out of their boyfriend's house early in the morning and I'm like, give me more of this. This is exactly what Colin signs up for. He loves right. this kind of shit. You know I love the 90s storyline. The rest totally. of it is so friggin miserable and upsetting. Like I really feel, I get that this is like a very popular show and people are really hooked by it but I think there's a line and this is gonna make me sound like a prude but I think there's a line where suddenly you're alienating people who might have otherwise been fans of your show. I like a dark show. I like shows where like where people do shitty things and like we gotta unsolve the puzzle or solve the puzzle as we go but like if you're gonna like fillet a teenage girl in the middle of my fun high school show I'm not gonna watch. I can't. Right. I'm physically incapable of watching that. I can't do it.
0: And 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 that's another thing like after the first couple episodes there's not that much well there's some gore I suppose. Becky's kept it,
1: watching yeah. it and she's she is, has told me after every episode, you can't watch this show. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are talking about yellow jackets though. It was one of the oh, reasons yeah? why I was like at a lot of end of season uh, uh, lists. I think it's like yeah, one of those shows that for first year is going to be 100%, like, let's let's watch Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I think by the time the second season rolls around, I'd go like, okay, let's kind of start and see how it goes. And then by season five, I'll be like, I'm out on Yellow Jackets.
1: It's interestingly, like, based on some reality. Ob- obviously, it's definitely based on Lord of the Flies. And, uh, like, apparently, Lord of the Flies was acquired some years ago with the intention of doing it with a female cast, like um, a movie. And then instead, they decided to, like, kind of do their own thing with it but yes it's like teenage girls rather than boys and like does the metaphor still work like is is the depraved animalism also in females Um, and you know i I guess (laughs) here it is but it's also based on a couple of like real instances of people being stranded either on islands or on mountains and resorting to cannibalism and so oh. in the first episode like one of these girls has now grown up and she's like running for public office and yeah. maybe she's gonna get that job except there's also like the the looming threat of like somebody bringing up this rumor that in order to survive that harrowing experience she had when she was a teenager some of the girls ate some other girls and so like right. everyone
0: wants to know what happened because like not as many girls came back as went out. So people are like, well, give us the full story give us the tell all.
1: And that's it. why Shauna can get a seven figure book deal if she wants it, but she doesn't want it. And mm-hmm. so at one point she meets up at a diner with, I think it's that girl. I think it's the, the politician girl. And then there's also, oh shit. There's also uh, Juliette Lewis who is, Kind of off on her own. She's at rehab, and clearly yeah. she has chosen the opposite route to like being a quiet suburbanite. Like she seems very wealthy. Like maybe she has already found a way to turn her trauma into riches, but she also has many vices.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Am I right she, about that? More... No, you, you got it. And I, I think they're. I don't think she is rich. But I think okay. she definitely has a lot of vices and uh, starts the the season by, like, pulling out a gun, essentially, and making it seem like she's going to go after
1: right. maybe some of the girls. Right. And then um, Misty, that's Christina Ricci. Oh, by the yeah. way, last week I was like, hey, there's going to be a Wednesday Adam show, and it's set in the 90s. And you're like, we don't need that. We have yellow jackets. Were you referencing Christina Ricci? who played Wednesday Adams? Or were you just Uh saying the 90s? Maybe subconsciously
0: I was, but (laughs) mainly I meant meant the 90s. I really liked it. And also, you know what else is funny? Um, Just to circle back really quickly to For All Mankind. Yeah. So the, the first season took place in like 69 to like 74 kind of thing. That season ended with like an 80s song So it kind of was like, are they going to do this in like the 80s? So the next season takes place in 1983. And then that season ended with Come As You Are by Nirvana. So I was like, oh, man, are they going to take it to like 1994? And then it just shows like a boot hit the ground in Mars and it pops up 1995 on the screen. So next season, which is supposed to start within like the next month is going to be in 1995. That's not really a spoiler. It's just kind of like telling you the structure of the.
1: That also has kind of a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to it cuz like they're very clearly playing with nostalgia with their needle drops in in Guardians of the Galaxy like they're very upfront about that. It is fun when you hear a song that kind of like is supposed to evoke a certain era and I think they do it well in Yellow Jackets like I mentioned that um smashing pumpkin song is yeah. a really good pick, but then like on the other hand, Shoop and um I I I bust a move i think at one point like some of them are a little too on the nose
0: they're happening so frequently in like the first two episodes where it's like flashing to them at school too where it's constantly like set the vibe here
1: there's that scene at the there's like a pit party and the team captain who seems in the 90s timeline like she's going to be a protagonist What's her name Jackie? jackie yeah uh she like lines up the team and she's trying to rally the troops and she lines up the team and she like wants everybody to pay everyone a compliment, which by the way, I found that scene really corny. And then I've, I've read ahead in the synopses of some of these episodes and I can't figure out what happened to Jackie. It's not clear to me if she's like, if she dies in the plane crash or if like she's, is there on, is there an enduring mystery about Jackie or is she just a character like the rest of them?
0: She's just a character like the rest of them. Although, you are supposed to key in on the fact that it was her heart necklace that was around the the so it was possibly Jackie that died okay but it also like doesn't show a clear view of her face
1: oh of the girl that they were chasing
0: yeah and she also gave Shauna like her her um heart necklace at one point i don't know if that happens in the pilot it does so actually wonder, yeah. You know,
1: yeah it does and by the way so like you Sean is her best friend and she seems like the meek one. Uh, and then she's, uh, sleeping with Jackie's boyfriend. Yeah. And she makes a comment about like, don't get me pregnant. Yeah. I think, I think that comes back around too. And because we do see it, we do see in the pilot that there are like in the Melanie Linsky timeline, she has, um, like family photos on the wall and like she marries this guy evidently. Yeah. Um, She's she's a good actress. Like we just saw her play Leo's wife in, in Don't Look Up. This is like a good actress who's like always been around. Yes. I was trying to
0: figure out if she's the same one who was in Fargo too, in the show Fargo. I could see that.
1: Movie. She was in the movie Perks of Being a Wallflower. She's memorable in that movie. She's just always yeah. been around. I don't nice. know what her thing is with rabbits, but like she's she pretty brutally kills a bunny in the pilot episode, and that I was already like pretty disgusted by some of the brutality and then that happened. Yeah, didn't do any favors to it so do
0: you give it your ass
1: uh, actually no buddy and it's not no. because I don't think it has merit I just think that it it's, it's exclusionary I think that it could be content for more people than it chooses to be mm-hmm. but maybe that's me being a prude
0: I uh, I do give my ass obviously because I'm like nine episodes in but I'm I'm very worried about the future
1: <laughs> yeah I think even more than me for you Showtime is a real omen yeah, oh yeah big yeah. time big time where have you been where have you been burned by showtime in the past uh i feel like dexter californication that's that's a big one californication was bad those were
0: the first two and then like shameless was another glaring
1: example like how is shameless still on shameless is still on yeah i think it
0: i think it had its final season but it it was like
1: season 11 or 12
0: yeah it's insane yeah and there's like people that have left the show by that point, like Emmy Rossum was gone.
1: Like the main cast is just kind of like bailing out. But uh, William H. Macy never left.
0: No, he stayed on.
1: He stayed on through the end. And, He's the um, Ellen Pompeo of Shameless. And shameless he was. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, just, yeah,
0: just that kind of handful of shows like that that I, even House of Lies, I was like, oh, it's renewed for another
1: season. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You were watching House of Lies when we lived together. Yeah. Right. That was a great cast.
0: Great cast, but it just like wasn't there were, again, like two good seasons and then they just stretched it out.
1: I really want Ben Schwartz to get another great acting part and maybe that'll be in um, the show that's not called Search Party but I want to call it Search Party that we were talking about last week. Uh, Yeah, After Party. Um, Maybe it be that. Space Force 2 is coming out. Say it again.
0: Space Force 2.
1: Yeah, I know. I can't believe they're doing it. They like just quietly made another season of this show that I I forgot existed.
0: That no one really like it's so funny because Ben Schwartz even posted it on his Instagram just with the poster. And literally everyone like ostensibly his fans we're underneath writing. I can't believe this got a second season. Yeah. This was actually the worst. Like everyone was writing this. I was like, "Duh, that sucks."
1: so It bad. was bad, and I think a point you made when we talked about it the first time is that the whole thing is a Trump joke. Yeah, and it's like we're we're a different world now. We're like, why are you? I can't believe that the Space Force still exists as a military branch, much less much less a Netflix show. Right
0: it's uh who knows maybe it'll find it's
1: funny he's making another enough
0: that it should
1: he's making another sonic movie so like he's a guy who works but like i attest that ben schwartz could be paul rudd in like maybe not like in the same sexy way but like i think he could do a lot of those parts like i think he's actually got movie star charisma and i i want him to get like a a big mainstream thing that's not kiddish it's not stupid
0: (laughs) I think he's playing catch up a little bit because there was this big thing that he wrote that he like invested so much time into and really wanted to get made. And then it just couldn't get made.
1: Also his association with middle ditch is not helpful at this point. Probably not. Yeah.
0: Is he fully canceled at this point?
1: Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't think I, yeah. I mean like he's already been the lead of like a big HBO show, so he's fine, but I don't think he's going to be quickly hired by anybody else. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what do you got for Will Smith stuff this week?
1: Willow Smith. Thank you for throwing to the segment, by the way. Normally, I don't. I don't get like a lead in. Uh, okay. Willow Smith uh, was asked if she is annoyed by her parents constantly oversharing about their love life, uh, and mm-hmm. she said no. That she sees them as uh, their own people, and that she understands that some children don't see their parents that way, but that she appreciates that they're as open as they are mature from willow smith willow's not hollow no willow's Phil. what not uncle what? i'm falling apart right now yeah you are i, I don't get that at and all then, <laughs> i meant willow is
0: full of personality and heart
1: were you hoping on some level that if you said uh willow and hollow in the same sentence they would rhyme i was i was trying for that
0: yeah. <laughs> oh uh, last thing before we go, have you played this game Wordle at all because you'd be really into it
1: No, I just heard about it like an hour ago for the first time and I don't even know what oh. it is But somebody made a joke about Wordle on Twitter. It's so weird that you brought it up now
0: Just on a website go to Wordle.com, like you'll you'll understand it right away. You'll Start being competitive with yourself. It's funny There's just one word every day that you have to get it's only a five-letter word and you have five tries at it Um you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. It'll take like five minutes for you probably every time, but um, oh, great. it'll be a, a daily thing. And people are gonna start talking about it. It came up in our like group chat today after I saw it on Facebook. And I've been playing it for the last couple of days. But just trying to get ahead of the uh, the flock of people telling you to play Wordle.
1: Well, thank you for the invite. This is a new opportunity for me to feel like a dumbass every day, like my crossword yeah. and like my Jeopardy, like a new thing to make me feel like I should be smarter.
0: I feel like you crush both of those uh, all the time, by the
1: way. Uh, Not as much as I would have you believe. (laughs) You would have me believe. Never trust me and never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.